0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom from Los Angeles. I was going to say sunny Los Angeles, but I haven't been outside today. We've been working, talking to Michigan offensive players and offensive coordinator Sharon Moore, Alabama defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele and their defenders Uh, ahead of this game. We talked to the Michigan defense and the uh, Alabama offense yesterday. Um, So we'll get into kind of some stuff that we've heard here down here at the ball game. We're going to go to practice later. Stay tuned for video from that. Uh, Make sure to like this video if you're watching on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as well, and uh, we appreciate everybody doing that. Uh, gentlemen, let's get right into it. Uh, what is the most interesting thing that you have heard so far talking to players and coaches down here in Southern California?
0: Uh, sadly for me, it's uh, Roman Wilson talk about Michigan's NIL, which we had a report on today is not quite up to par. Uh, he was asked about it and kind of what said, look, you know, it's not good enough compared to some of the what my friends are making at other schools and some of the guys on this team that aren't getting paid. It's not like we're getting paid monthly checks and things like that. Like, we're hearing at other schools, and um, so that was disappointing, obviously, to me. And then um, the other thing, I guess, is Sharon Moore talking about Alabama's defense having a draft pick at every position, starting position on defense. And, you know, maybe he was embellishing, maybe not, but he talks about the athleticism. And it's very clear uh, to me that these Michigan guys think that this is the best team they're beginning to have faced all year, at least from a personnel standpoint. Can they put it all together? Can they Michigan take advantage of some of their weaknesses? We're going to find out. But a lot of the pressure to me is on the Michigan offensive line. They're healthy. That is another big thing I picked up. These guys were all banged up. Drake Nugent had a high ankle sprain, but he's feeling better now too. So uh, going to be fun to see how it plays out on Monday.
2: Uh, for me, it's the fact that apparently the Catapult Video Service is is one of the most incompetently run organizations in all of college sports, which is not surprising given the reported affiliations of a lot of people in leadership over there. Uh, but Alabama, not watching uh, game film on iPads. Michigan, not watching game film on iPads. Uh, and some people took that initially as a shot at the scandal with Michigan. But it sounds like this is something that's been a concern with a lot of schools going back to November. So both teams watching game film uh, independent there in terms of uh, not independently, they're doing all their game film in groups. And it kind of just boils down to what we've talked about with this whole sign stealing thing from the start in that. Okay. It's been over almost two months now where this thing's been ripped out root and branch, right to quote rich Eisen. And it's just about playing football. Now who's going to be better prepared. Who's going to take most of the teaching. Who's going to take, uh, go out there and, and and give the other team their best shot on Monday, and that's to me. When you strip the technology away from all of this, it just makes this a good old fashioned football game that I'm fired up for.
1: Yeah, and I, I was going to bring that up next. So we, let's go there with uh, you know Isaiah Bond, Alabama's wide receiver, basically saying like, "Hey, we haven't been watching film on our iPads or whatever. Pretty much." away from either the hotel or the facility when they were down in Tuscaloosa because of Catapult what you know people were you know can maybe get stuff from other teams because all these different teams use Catapult which is basically an online server you know to store a bunch of this information a lot of the video files and everything else well that kind of became a big story yesterday Michigan today was asked about it and said actually we've been doing that too we started in November kind of doing it and here's the thing that I think is important to note about that is they're not not watching Alabama on their iPads or their own game film on their iPads is probably their practice film, um, because you know Alabama has their own game film. You know Michigan has its own game film, so I don't think they need to hide that from each other. But kind of one of those things that, that definitely you know blows up into into a story. And really, not sure how relevant it is. Sounds like Michigan has like computers in the basement of their hotel that guys can go down and watch. So it's not like either team is. Is missing anything in terms of preparation, right? I think it's going to be, uh, they'll be just fine, both sides.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and again, the sign stealing thing was overblown and it's played out that way, right? Uh, when it comes to, you know, can Michigan win without it? Yeah, they've beaten Ohio State, they've beaten Penn State on the road, Maryland, Iowa, they're Big Ten champs the last four games. So, whatever. Uh, and really going back to the Michigan State game when they trounced them 49 to nothing was when it started and it could have been 70 to nothing. So uh, quit the crying. You know what? Watch your game film. Go somewhere else and, and do your breakdowns, and, and everybody will be just fine.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, no doubt. Uh, I'll say to circle back, m- most interesting thing, kind of maybe not just one thing, but it's just kind of the, the questions that these guys are getting. All the Michigan guys getting asked about Alabama, 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 and obviously that's the opponent. But then you go and listen to these Alabama stuff and maybe it's our fault as Michigan media, but they're getting asked about the story of their season and the growth of the offense and the, this and that, all about Alabama. Both teams are getting almost exclusively asked about Alabama. And again, we're in the media, so maybe we're part of the problem. But then Mike Barrett saying yesterday, yeah, I'm sitting here talking like we're the underdog. And we're the number one team in the country. Uh, so I think that is interesting, obviously. It's deserved in some way because the SEC has won 16 out of the 27 college football playoff games. They've won, I think, six out of the nine national championships during this era and have completely dominated. The Big Tens won three college football uh, playoff games, and those are all through Ohio State. Michigan 0-2, and I liken it to Oklahoma's run when they made three or four in a row uh, back several years ago, but they lost all the time in the semifinal, and now here a couple of years later, no one even cares about that that Oklahoma run anymore obviously different era but Michigan is looking to make a statement to become one of those teams that makes it to that Monday night the final Monday night um, so I think there's a little added extra, extra motivation there for Michigan too
0: yeah there is and it's funny because you listen to guys like Jalen Milrow and some of their other players and they're saying yeah they got good players but you know it's the SEC that we play best of the best of the best and so on and so forth and um it's almost like it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win this football game and mirroring what their fans are saying about this game who you know some of them think they're going to blow them out and uh you know which cracks me up uh, i don't see that Uh, you know i've said you know i picked alabama to win in a close one and i think the difference will probably be you know michigan's offensive line's got to play better than it has probably all year if they're going to win this football game uh you've got a couple of elite edges you've got Like uh, Sharon Moore said, you've got NFL talent at just about every position. So uh, they're going to have to scheme something up and these Michigan kids are going to play their best game. But to say that Michigan doesn't belong or to imply that Michigan doesn't belong on the field with these guys is kind of asinine this year.
2: Yeah. And I think there's something, too. I asked, you know, I was talking to Roman Wilson about this earlier and that, you know, I think there's something to be said about having been there and having to go through it a few times and, and figure out what works for you. You know, a lot of the talk has been about Michigan's revamped bowl prep, you know, not as physical, more mental work, more of the keeping your bodies right. And and things like that. But uh, for me, it is kind of interesting that given everything that's gone on this year, you know, Michigan play, you know, blows out the first nine teams on their schedule dominant. I mean, you don't even see their starters play into the third or the fourth quarter. People say, yeah, well, We'll see what happens when they play quality teams. Well, they go and they they beat up on Penn State without Jim Harbaugh. They survive a game at Maryland. They take care of business against Ohio State. They blow out Iowa, shut them out. And then the narrative is, oh, well, it looks like Michigan's cooled off from their dominant form early in the year. It's like, well, no, you can't, you can't have it both ways. And there are things that they need to do better, absolutely. But the narrative, it's been this weird flipping of the narrative where and, – and again – it's justified because it's Nick Saban. He has made a career out of postseason success. Jim Harbaugh is one and six at Michigan, and when you look at, you know, the the outliers or what could be the separator in a tight game like this, maybe that's maybe that's one of those factors. But really, it, it's been really odd to see that Michigan does. I mean, they're still favored in Vegas. In fact, the line as of this morning went up to two points in favor of Michigan, but still kind of this narrative like they're the underdogs and Alabama's the top dog. And you know, I wrote about this when the matchup came out in that there is no, regardless of how you feel about Alabama, oh, are they the same caliber of Bama team that they have been? Forget all of that. To truly test how far this thing has come in these last three years, there's no better coach. There's no better opponent to play than a program that has been you know, the college football gold standard. And to me, that's, I think these guys have responded to that. And again, we're not going to know what happens until Monday, but it's not, you don't get the sense they're just happy to be here. You don't get the sense they feel like they deserve to be there. Like last year, you get the sense that these guys know they have a lot still to work for.
1: Yeah, uh, I I agree with that. Um, If the Michigan does win the national championship, it may be the most legit national title of all time. If you have to go through Alabama in the semifinal and then potentially play Texas in Texas to win it, I mean, you could play Washington too, and that would prove that they were uh, right up there, obviously, as one of the top two teams in the country, but you did it as clean as anybody. Michigan is confirmed the only team in the country right now, pretty much without its sign stealer or without you know any illegal methods to steal signs, that sort of thing. Michigan's the only team right now, at least they can say that that they're in that boat, but uh, not to get ahead of ourselves uh, here. Let's talk about our friends over at prize picks before we get more into Michigan against Alabama in the Rose Bowl college football playoff semifinal. We'll make our picks as well later on and then talk Washington and Texas, but bowl season is in full swing CFP almost here. And there's no better way to enjoy the games than by playing daily, daily fantasy with prize picks. You pick two to six players and predict if they will go more or less then their prize picks projection. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. All first-time users that deposit and use the promo code Wolverine will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So if you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, they'll give you 50 and so on. Again, promo code Wolverine there. Uh, this week, I have JJ McCarthy against Alabama, more than 15 and a half rushing yards. We'll talk a little bit about why in a moment, but I think his legs are going to be really important for this game. And then Adonai Mitchell, uh, Texas wide receiver, more than uh, a half of a rushing or receiving touchdown against Washington. I think everyone's talking about the weapons of Washington. I think Texas has as good a weapons potentially in the past game. So I'm going to go with uh, him and he's been impressive all season.
0: I'm looking at the Michigan tight ends here. I think they've got A.J. Barner at 50. If I'm not mistaken, 15,
2: 50, 15 and a half.
0: Oh, 15 and a half. I thought you said 50 and a half. Okay. I'm going more than I was going to say 50. That doesn't make any sense. I'm going more than 15 and a half for AJ Barner. I'm also going more than I think 36 and a half. Is it for a Colston Loveland or 39 and a half? Um, I'm looking at it and uh, I like the, the touch the, the Michigan tight ends to go more than that because I think they're going to be featured here and they're going to find ways to get him the ball.
2: Yeah, uh, we did a little bit of pre-show discussion. Chris and I did. Uh, I'm sticking with AJ Barner with more than 15 and a half receiving yards. I feel like he might have a play early on where he surpasses that on his first reception. So I think that's in play. And then I'll stick with this game. Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow with more than 34 and a half rush yards. He's gonna have some opportunities to make plays. Uh, 34 and a half. I mean, if that's all that he does, Michigan's gonna be in pretty good shape. But uh, I have them going more than that. We'll see how much more on Monday.
1: Yeah, ton of plays out there for the college football playoff, all the bowl games, NFL, and more over at PrizePix. So go to PrizePicks.com or download the app today. Use the promo code Wolverine for an instant deposit match up to $100. Uh, let's talk about the keys for this Michigan offense going into this game. I think it's a very athletic, fast, physical Alabama defense. I think that's one thing you could say is that Michigan – Pretty much was the more talented, more experienced, and more physical team against almost every opponent they played this season, and that might even include Penn State and Ohio State. I think it—you know—I would certainly argue uh, that it that it did in most categories. Maybe you could argue talent on Ohio State, but Michigan potentially has surpassed that. Alabama's going to be able to match the physicality. We know they have more talent on paper. We know they probably have more speed, which makes this interesting, which Chris, and I know you've talked a lot about it, you know, as we've done these podcasts in the weeks, uh, you know, leading up to this game is Michigan's going to have to throw some different looks at them. I think, and you have a month to prepare, you know, Alabama's going to throw some different stuff at you like TCU did a year ago. You're going to have to make in-game adjustments, but you'll have your own wrinkles in one of those things. Is going to be j.j mccarthy's legs as i mentioned in the prize pick section i think you know you watch the auburn game the way auburn attacked alabama using peyton thorn as a runner in the read option game and they really got that alabama defense on its heels having to sit back and read uh you know longer meshes on read option plays as opposed to just flowing to the football and using their speed like they want to and they were getting frustrated little gain here little gain there pop a big one Uh, i thought that defense played a little bit hesitant in that game. You've seen it a couple other times with quarterbacks hurting them in the run game. So for me, this game starts with how J.J. McCarthy's play plays. I know we'll talk about the O-line. He's got to be protected. But I think the quarterback, maybe the quarterback who plays better, will, will give his team a chance to win this game.
0: To me, it's the offensive line. And I highlighted a lot of different games over the past several years where Michigan got to the postseason. Their, over, their offensive line was overwhelmed by teams with speed. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this is a different game, blah, 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 blah. The point being that when you get when you play teams like with all due respect, Minnesota and Purdue and teams like that, um, it's not the same. Well, Purdue, although Purdue had some success with their defensive ends against them, um, it's this is a different animal and you have to adjust to the speed. And I can go right down the list. You know, some matchups were good for Michigan, some weren't. Tennessee, USC, a couple of times, you know, uh, West Coast and Southern Speed, when you get into this game, it's a different animal. And that's not disparaging Michigan people. It's just pointing something out here that it is an adjustment. And everybody at Michigan has talked about it this week as well. So, uh, but if that offensive line can't hold up, then they can't do what they want to do on offense. And if JJ McCarthy is running for his life and you've got receivers that, in my opinion, they're going to have a harder time getting open against the secondary than they have all year. This is probably the best secondary they will have faced. Then you're going to have a hard time moving the ball. So uh, those guys are going to have to move some guys up front. Uh, the offensive line, they're going to, have to do a better job run blocking than they have all year, and they're going to have to pass block better than they have all year. To me, that is the entire key to this football game is that Michigan offensive line on offense.
2: Yeah, everything that they do, to me, has to start with – Like you're not like you – there's a bit of a mismatch when it comes to the speed and some of the physicality. And I think a lot of it too – we'll talk about Michigan's defense. I actually think that Michigan's defense, the way that they compare to a a defense like Alabama's, I think they do compare favorably. And that's a group that this team has seen every single day in practice going back to the spring. And I think that's going to be helpful, especially for those guys up front. Um, But when you have a team defense that has as much speed – as much as lettuceism as uh, as the Crimson Tide do, you know, you have to, like we said before, the misdirection, the read options, the, um, you know, the pre-snap motions, you, anything you can do to just make them think even for just a split second, because a split second could be the difference between three yards and 30 yards in a game like this. And that's something too, that, um, you know, we just talked to Alabama's defensive coordinator, Kevin Steele. He said that uh, it's all about eye discipline in a game like this. And, and, they know that Michigan's going to probably test them in that area. They're going to have some wrinkles ready for them. Um, they know they're going to be on guard for the trick plays. You know, there's always some sort of wrinkle in those big games from the Wolverines. So to me, you know, it's it's that pre-snap motion. It's the misdirection. Got to see, of the four teams in the playoff, Michigan's the least uh, frequent play-action team, which I think is something that Kind of disappointing we haven't seen them exploit a little more this year. So it's that, it's all of those things, and it's sustaining long drives. I, a lot of times they say your best defense is a clock eating offense. And that's not to say that you're going to be able to out physical Alabama. You're not going to be able to run up the middle and, you know, 15 plays, 75 yards with eight minutes off the clock. But, you know, those eight play drives, those nine play drives, those 10 play drives, if you're able to sustain those and put those together, finish your drives with points because I think every single point is going to be so critical in this game. They're going to have a, they're going to have a pretty decent shot to pull this off. I mean, this is, I think the mistake that a lot of Michigan fans make sometimes that they feel like if it's hard or if there's going to be a struggle, then they're they're cooked because it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for anyone in this college football playoff. So over the course of four quarters, we'll see what happens. But I think that given the time they've, they've, had to get healthy and get right. I, I feel like we're going to see a different gear from them in this game.
1: Yeah, you would certainly hope so. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, you're you're looking at it, and then a lot of stars on this Alabama defense. Just a couple notes. Uh, Chris Braswell, their edge rusher, leading the SEC with 54 pressures. Dallas Turner, edge rusher on the opposite side of the field, second in the SEC with 52. Mm-hmm. And if you add together Michigan's four edge rushers that they rotate in, it adds up to really about the same amount. They just don't rotate as much. Justin Aboygby, as well, fantastic number 92, plays off the edge, plays a little bit on the interior, but the corners, Kool Aid McKinstry. Um, and then Terry and Arnold, both first team All Americans by the Associated Press. Caleb Downs is a freshman safety, uh, one of the most fun players to watch in all of college football. And the last thing I'll say on this Michigan offense J.J. McCarthy is the fifth quarterback to start in multiple college football playoffs. Joining Stetson Bennett, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, and Trevor Lawrence, all four of those other guys have won the national title. So J.J. McCarthy with a chance to uh, keep that trend going in this game. Uh, Flipping over to the other side of the ball, the Michigan defense going against the Alabama offense, and it starts with containing Jalen Milrow. I'm not exactly sure how you do that. I've watched a a lot of Alabama games. Sometimes it's two spies like Georgia did. Sometimes it's one spy like many teams did. Sometimes it's no spies. You come after him with the blitz. He's thrown four of his six picks this year, have come against the blitz. I think there are opportunities there. But you got to make sure you get home and get him on the ground because if you don't, he's either going to find somebody downfield. He is underrated at that. I don't think people talk enough about his arm and his vision, You know, keeping his eyes downfield kind of like McCarthy does, or he's (laughs) going to scramble for big plays. They'll use him in the design run game too. I mean, it starts and pretty much ends with containing number four when it comes to the Michigan defense.
0: Yep, and they've got to stop the run game with him and with the backs, and that's where it all starts, right? If They've got 360-pound tackles, 340-pound guards. So if they try to run straight at him, remember Georgia a couple years ago when they were running for seven, eight yards, it seemed like, on every first down play? If that happens, then it's game over, guys. you got to get them into second and third down in long situations, down in distances that favor you. And I do think that's going to be part of Alabama's game plan early to say, hey, can we blow these guys off the ball a little bit? They haven't seen this kind of an offensive line all year. So it's not always about just the skill position guys when we talk about a great running game. Obviously, you know, if you have elite backs, everybody's like, well, they don't have the elite backs they've had, and they don't have the elite receivers. But if you've got a line that can plow people, you know, I go back to Chris Howard, who was a good back at Michigan in 1997, not a great back. But when they were blowing people off the line, guess what? He looked like a great back. And uh, so to me, that's where it starts. Uh, obviously, Milroe is the guy that you have to contain, and when they do get to him, because so I do think they will get some pressure on him, they got to make him throw uh, right at, at some point. And when and they when they do bring pressure, you got to get him on the ground, not let him out of there. They said, I think it was uh, J- Jesse Minner, Michigan's defensive coordinator, who said that the, the Maryland game was a perfect example of playing team defense and collapsing the pocket from the outside in. Now, uh, Tag. T- Tagovailoa had great success uh, in the passing game, a lot of success at, at least in the passing game in that game. So, uh, you know, they got to contain the receivers as well that are that are going to be good. So, you know, it's going to be a challenge. Um, I, I, there's no question about it. There's team speed all over the place. But uh, to me, it's going to be starting with stopping the run.
2: It's those interior guys. I mean, the Michigan's defensive tackles, when you look at how they stack up, I mean, that's been what's take to me taken this defense over the last two years really the last yeah the last more so this year with those sophomores stepping into bigger roles those guys have taken this defensive line and made it i think akin to what a lot of teams throw out there in the sec kenneth Grant is a freak mason graham is a freak and getting better chris jenkins doing a lot of the dirty work but a guy that Some NFL people still think he could be a first or second round pick. So, you know, for all this talk about, oh, well, Alabama has a draft pick at every spot on defense. Well, guess what? I think Michigan does too. I think that they're going to be able to, uh, you know, the old adage is defense travels. Didn't make the trip to uh, to Arizona last year, but this year I think that they are much more well-equipped to hold up in a game like this. I think this is going to be a bar fight, and it's going to take – those guys winning up front. It's going to take the linebackers. Alabama's going to try to throw Michigan's linebackers, make their head spin as well. And, um, you know, especially with what Milrow does again, you got to be careful about dedicating too much attention to him because then you have guys running free behind you. So to me, the key is keeping those wide receivers ahead of you. Uh, they're in front of you, similar to what we saw them do against Ohio state. Uh, really in all three, the last, you know, all three of the last games that they've played against them. Um, Again, they don't have that extra gear, but they've got a lot more rocket fuel at quarterback because Jalen Milroe is a big play waiting to happen. And uh, 16 of his touchdowns have come on, on throws of 20 or more air yards this year. And that's, you know, they want to get him running. They want to get him out in space and they want him to throw the ball down the field. So Will Johnson, you're up, man. Josh Wallace, you're up. Mikey we're still going to be a huge key in this game. So to me, it's, I think both of these teams are going to move the ball on each other a little bit, but it's about those timely plays, getting off the field, getting, you know, turning someone over, scoring on a short field. Those are all critical. And again, uh, Michigan, their defense has kind of been exposed the last two years in the playoff. But I think that this group in particular um, is built to play with anyone in the country. And I think that they alone will give Michigan a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, and you both bring it up in in kind of different ways, where it's like if you look at that Maryland game in the way Michigan was really disciplined, I think that's one of the best things Mike Elston has done with this group is, man, are they disciplined. Man, do they stay in their rush lanes. They understand the assignment. Uh, they keep contained. I mean, the leverage they play with is fantastic. You're going to have to do that. But at the same time, you know, that maybe not being as aggressive trying to get back there, and it's hard to get him down anyway, Milrow is going to give him some extra time. He averages three and a half seconds before throwing per drop back, that's the second longest in the country. And a lot of those deep balls that you mentioned, Anthony, that he is so fantastic at connecting on, he has uh, he's right up there with the best in terms of completions on 20-plus yard throws. Uh, a lot of those come because he is able to buy time. We've seen it with J.J., but that kind of is what takes a quarterback to the next level. And I think Tommy Reese deserves credit, too, for building this offense around him, kind of to, to his strengths. Um, but, yeah, Alabama's been a little susceptible The pass rush, uh, allowing 43 sacks this year, tied for 123rd in the country. They've given up four or more sacks in eight different games, but only one of those have come since October 21st. Uh, Georgia was able to get four or five sacks on them. So, you know, Caden Proctor, their left tackle, has kind of grown up. Seems like their O-line has meshed throughout the year, which kind of happens at times. Uh, So that's your Michigan defense against the Alabama offense. We'll finish up here talking about some different X factors that could play uh, a big role in this game. And obviously, you know, there are the names like J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, household names like that. But if Michigan's going to win, I think they're going to need some John Beeline, outlier, you know, performance type guys. And Chris, you mentioned him with your prize picks. I think it was spot on. I feel like everyone's talking about Colston Loveland as a potential mismatch. I, I am as well. I think there are opportunities for him up the middle uh, of, of the defense. But A.J. Barner, too, he's going to be important in not only helping chip on these edge rushers, helping out the tackles a little bit, uh, who are also X factors, depending on how they play, could swing this game, but he's also going to have some opportunities, I think, in the past game. And Michigan's got to be creative, knowing that they may not get the separation they want on the outside, so those tight ends are going to be crucial.
0: Yeah, and I think Barner can be a guy that, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to get the attention that Loveland gets when Loveland's on the field, and so that's going to give him some opportunities, like he did against Michigan State, right? When, uh, okay, um, on third and longs, uh, you know, he had a couple tight ends that were making plays in that game, and I think that can be an advantage for them, so uh, no question in my mind. Um, and then maybe a guy like Samaj Morgan, right, that um, if you get him in space and uh, everybody's going to be concentrating, you know they're going to be jamming these outside receivers at the line of scrimmage is there a way that you can get the, the ball in morgan's hands and, and let him do some things um i do think so and i'd love to see some i'd love to see michigan use uh alabama's uh, getting up field their defensive ends against them a little bit too maybe with some draws and some screen games but to me uh one of the x factors is the obvious one jj mccarthy with his feet you know i think some draw plays we haven't seen a whole lot of quarterback draws you know maybe he keeps it on the read option Uh, To me, that's something they're going to have to do if they're going to win this football game.
2: Yeah, maybe he's not an X factor because he has been such a prominent part of the offense, but he hasn't played as well. And to me, it's Donovan Edwards. You know, this is a guy that you come into the year and, you know, he's not using his words against him, but, you know, going to revolutionize the running back position and they're going to use him in the slot and he's going to be a big play, a home run ready to happen. And, we haven't really seen that uh, a lot this year. In fact, you know, f- uh, for all the talk about him playing out of the slot, only 34 of his, yeah, I think, 330 something snaps have come out of the slot this year. So, to me, when you look at this game, I mean, Michigan is going. If Michigan's going to win it, I think they have to win the middle of the field, and that's in the slot with those guys like Edwards and uh, Samaj Morgan, Tyler Morris when he gets in there, the tight ends. To me, that's that is the key to all of this because you're going to have those defensive ends screaming upfield. You're going to have those guys on the outside, uh, the cornerbacks doing their part. And, and you know what? We talk about this being a money game, too. Roman Wilson is going to win a couple of those one-on-ones. I, I sure, I'm sure Cornelius Johnson is going to win a few of those. But for them to sustain their attack, I think it's got to be you know the middle of the field. It's got to be a guy like Edwards getting more involved in the passing game. And, and them doing him at his best this year. They've run those plays where he's you know pre-snap motion right into a route and they just kind of dump the ball off to him with you know, the, a full head of steam ahead of him. So to me, that is uh, – I look at Donovan Edwards as not just an X factor, but a huge factor in this game. If
1: they can find a way to
2: get him going, they're, they're in really good shape.
1: Yep, I agree. And I did kind of throw Blake Corum out of the equation with this because he's such a mainstay in this Michigan offense, but his first playoff as a featured running back injured a year ago against TCU – and then you know, really wasn't the featured guy against Georgia. I think he mm-hmm. only had a few carries, so a big opportunity for him. We saw what he did against Ohio State in his first opportunity to be the featured back against them a month ago, and we're going to see what he get, what he does in this chance in the college football playoff. Uh, final score predictions. Um, I got Michigan 28-21. I think at different points in this game, we're going to see some punting back and forth. I think it's going to be a defensive battle. And I think it's going to come down to, you know, maybe not the team that has the ball last, but uh, the last offense to kind of make those plays sustain a drive. And I'm going to go with the experienced quarterback in J.J. McCarthy against a guy who is kind of in the shoes. J.J. was in a year ago against TCU as kind of a first time starter, a little bit younger. I know he's a third year player, but a redshirt sophomore, Jalen Milrow. Maybe he makes a mistake or two. Both teams are going to have to play clean. You know, whatever team wins probably makes the fewest mistakes. And I'm going to go with JJ's experience and say that with the guy with the ball in his hands, each and every play outplays his counterpart on the other side of the field. And that'll be the difference.
0: Yeah. And I think it kind of depends on his offensive line, too. So, um, but yeah, he's going to have to do some things, I think, if things break down. So I've got Alabama winning a tight one, 27 to 20. It's going to be a one score game. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game, uh, kind of like a lot of Alabama's games this year. Right. Um so, uh, it, to me, it's, you know, it, it, I just, uh, I, I'm going with Nick Saban in the postseason. Uh, sorry, you know, and, and I know the Michigan fans are disappointed. It doesn't matter what I think. Hopefully, I'm wrong, right? Uh, I, all that matters is how Michigan plays. But when you look at it on paper and you look at the, the athleticism that they're going against, it's a different animal. You look at the coaching uh, and the way that Michigan's played in the postseason as well, they haven't brought their best efforts under Jim Harbaugh. Hopefully, that changes this game.
2: Yeah, our staff predictions article went out a few days ago, and, and Ballas caught a lot of heat for picking uh, Alabama. And I also picked Alabama and sort of quietly was not, uh, not taking the shots for that. But uh, I just put it out there now. But, yeah, to me, when you look at a game like this is, to me, the closest matchup maybe I've seen uh, in a Michigan game since I've covered these games. I mean, it's – there's not really a clear advantage for either team in a lot of areas. There are teams where or there, there are aspects of it where are like, all right, well, Alabama's edge guys are going to be a problem. Their corners are going to be a problem. But then you flip over to the other position groups, and it's like, well, I like what Michigan has here better, uh, et cetera. So to me, you look to the margins in a game like that, and and I do think Alabama's biggest strengths being that pass rush, being those cornerbacks, uh, you know, we've seen Michigan struggle in pass protection this year. We've seen their wide receivers struggle to get open. So to me, those are Alabama advantages. Um, you know, I think when push comes to shove, this will be a tight game. And, and it's tough to pick against Nick Saban. It really is. And, and I think that if it's a it's a close game in the fourth quarter, you need someone to step up and make a play. I, I think I just feel like Alabama's just got a little more explosion on offense. Maybe Maybe a, a bit more. Explosion on the offensive side of the ball, but also a much lower, a much lower floor, too. I think Michigan's a high floor offense that maybe hasn't quite hit its ceiling yet. But to me, I hate to be that guy, but we pick the games as we see it. I have Alabama winning 24-21 in another one of those tight games.
1: Yeah. And they've they've played a lot of them, a lot of tight games. They've trailed in the second half of five SEC games. It's the SEC champ, the Big Ten champ. At the Rose Bowl. Maybe not tradition, maybe not Pac 12 involved like, uh, you know, like is, uh, you know, the traditional Big Ten versus Pac 12, but it is going to be so much fun to see these sets of colors in that setting. And when the sun sets, and it's probably a close game at the end of the third quarter, sun setting over those mountains, it is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait until this game. We also have the Sugar Bowl, which will follow uh, the last No Man Knows the Future of the year gentlemen and happy new year to everybody out there, Texas four and a half or four point favorite over Washington over under 63 and a half. Who is moving on in that game to, uh, to Houston?
0: That's a great question, man. I haven't even really thought about this one. You know, Uh, I think Texas wins. Um, I do think that Washington's going to move the ball. I think it'll be a higher scoring game. And, uh, but Texas, man, they understand they have a chance to play in a national championship essentially in their backyard. Right. So, uh, to me, Texas is uh, one of the more well-rounded teams I've seen this year. We saw them in person as well, Clay, when we went down there. So I like Texas in a tight one.
2: It's not quite the same as TCU last year, but I feel like Washington just has – they've got the horseshoe. They've got the rabbit's foot. And, and to me, I feel like they've got one more in them against a Texas team that I think a lot of Texas fans often wait for the other shoe to drop to a certain extent. Um but I like Michael Penix Jr. I think you can make the argument he's the best overall player in general in this entire field. Uh, I think Romo Dunes is—is that how you say? Is it Udu- Odunze? Odunde?
0: O'Dunze,
1: I yeah, think Odunze, but I could be wrong.
2: Yeah, Romo Dunes. Uh, he's a beast too. I think he's going to be a guy that probably goes in the top ten, and I think those two guys are going to put on a show in the Sugar Bowl in Washington. Heads to Houston for the national title game.
1: I got Texas. Uh, I could see it going either way, obviously. Uh, But I I think well-rounded CB was a great way to put it because, you know, we were doing some in-person scouting on the bye week, you and I, down there separately at the Texas game, coincidentally. um, And they were impressive, both lines of scrimmage, the weapons they have. Quinn Ewers wasn't playing in that game against BYU, but I think he is kind of getting slept on, even though he was the talk of college football at the beginning of the year. Uh, I got Texas moving on, playing a game a couple hours away from their home, in Austin. And that, that makes things really interesting for the following Monday night, but stay tuned with us here on the Wolverine.com $1 for two months of premium access. If, if you use the promo code U M one, we also will have video up from practice. We're heading there shortly. We'll have practice today practice again on Saturday, bunch of video interviews as well. Bunch of written content at the Wolverine.com stick with us. All three of us down here in Pasadena excited for Monday and we'll see you next time.